Welcome everybody to the Blue Skies Dronecast, the podcast by UAV Hub. This is a podcast for the UK drone industry discussing everything from the UK regulations, new drones and also speaking to you, the people within the drone industry. This week presented by Tom and Adam. So welcome along everyone to uh, another episode. Like I mentioned, we've got Adam uh, with us this week. So uh, how are you doing, Adam? All, all good? Yeah, all good, Tom. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, we were just talking about it's feeling a little bit more autumnal, isn't it? So uh, I think the, uh, the the season is definitely on the change. So we've got that to look forward to. So uh, we're just all trying to keep warm, aren't we, basically now? That's it. Jumpers are out now, officially. Yeah, that's it. Adam has Alan. got a jumper on. I haven't quite got there yet, but sometimes, sometimes I'll put one on, you know, just to just to treat myself. But, it's uh, the old north-south divide going on. Us up north yeah, with a, with our jumpers on. That is true. I think it does definitely make a difference, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, with that uh, sort of um, sort of spoken about and uh, yeah, sort of something to look forward to, I suppose we better uh, make a start with the content uh, for this episode. Really, I suppose. So um, a couple of subjects. Um, this uh, this episode. We haven't got any special guests on, but we're going to be talking about something that's actually happened uh, probably two or three weeks ago now, Adam. I think we're a little bit behind because we had quite a few episodes banked in. We, we're sort of now getting to the point where we can actually talk about stuff that's sort of happened relatively recently. But uh, it's all to do uh, with the uh, the Mavic 3 potentially getting certified uh, in, in Europe. So we're going to have a chat about that and maybe what that kind of will lead to for us in the UK, which is hopefully a good sign. Uh, we're also going to talk about the uh, consultation to do with uh, legacy drones as well. We'll see where we're at with that and uh, sort of how long that potentially is going to take, I suppose, too, if we uh, if we know that. And also we're going to talk about, lastly, uh, what to do with um, the NQE recommendation versus the GVC. So all to do with your OA renewals, obviously, as most of you know, you won't be able to use an NQE recommendation uh, after next year. So we'll talk about uh, that and sort of what you can do and what you can get ready, I suppose, for that kind of date change as well. So yeah, three hopefully quite useful subjects. So what we'll do then is kick off with the first one, like I mentioned, and it's all to do with this Mavic 3 uh, getting uh, essentially um, sort of a backdated certification, which actually we didn't think was going to happen, Adam, did we actually? If we rewind probably six months or a year ago, we thought that probably won't happen and we were wrong, I suppose. Well, this is what's really, really thrown me. I think this is why... I suppose we didn't really talk about it straight away. We always want to kind of let the dust settle a little bit and mm. kind of get our facts together, really. And uh, I just say that the weird thing is that the, the Mavic 3, so it's only the Mavic 3 series, so the, the normal Mavic 3 and the Cine, I believe, um, yeah. have officially been um, or will be officially C1 certified, and they're going to be retro certified, which... We've <laughs> always, and I, I feel really stupid for saying this, but it was in the regulation, still technically is, that there should be no um, retro certification, <laughs> including a firmware update. But, lo and behold, the <laughs> European Union have authorised yeah, a retro they've changed, certification. They've changed their mind. They've changed their mind. <laughs> it's, I suppose we've seen this before. Regulations change, don't they? And then the actual kind of written bits and pieces are still out of date, aren't they? A little bit like some stuff in the CAP 722. I think there's still bits in there that are very old and they just haven't been updated yet. And I guess this is kind of what we're seeing here. I think. Uh, I suppose things change very quickly and they make a decision, they put out the notification and then at some point change uh, change the regulations i suppose really but it is interesting and good 
and maybe slightly bad at the same time. <laughs> that's it. And I think the other thing that's completely thrown a lot of people is mm. it's C1 certified. The Mavic 3 is going to be C1 certified. And we've always kind of pretty much said it'll be C2. It's going to be C2. Mm. It, it's 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 circa, it's around about 900 grams. We're like, well, that's the flying way. Surely it's maximum yeah. takeoff mass is much higher than 900 grams. But yeah. Uh, we'll we'll cover a bit more into this in in, in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we're we getting there? a bit ahead of ourselves <laughs> there. But that's one of the big big things. And um, so just to very kind of quickly uh, go through. So the officially recognised notified body of uh, I do apologise if I say this to Rhineland um, has <laughs> issued good. a C1 certificate for DJI's Mavic 3 series drone under the new uh, European drone regulation. Uh, the certificate requires users to update C1 compliant firmware, which is interesting. It's it's a c1 compliant firmware mm. to fly in the mm. new uh, a1 open category um so to fly in the a1 category you don't need an a2 certificate of competency uh you no. only need the a1 a3 certificate which is what you do for free with the uk caa that is um yeah, yeah. To, to get your flyer id slightly different in uh, in some of the european union states they may be a charge for a1, uh, okay. A3. Um, mm. you know, the things are a bit different state by state in, in the European Union, but in the UK, the A1, A3 is free to get. Um, but yeah, it's just, just very interesting that it's it's that firmware um, mm. that's, that's done it. It's not a physical stamp on the aircraft. I think from what I understand, there will be a uh, essentially a, like a C1 digital stamp i think oh, i think that okay. maybe that's how mm. they've got around it a little bit is that rather than it being a physical stamp it'll be a uh, a digital stamp that you know if you load up the software you can you can then look at based on what firmware yeah. it is it's c1 certified is is oh, what i'm interpreting interpreting mm. from um some of the information yeah because i don't think it would be sort of you know you download the firmware and you get a free sticker type thing i don't think it would be like that because obviously then that could probably be abused i suppose so the fact that yeah, it's maybe in the app on the on the splash screen or something, you know, before you enter the aircraft, it could sit there, couldn't it? I suppose it's a uh, yeah, it's all kind of feels like a work in progress, I think, at the moment. But uh, you know, it, it is interesting that obviously it can be done, and um, obviously now we kind of know exactly what that will then allow the Mavic Three uh, to do, don't we? So first of all, obviously, uh, it's um, going to be quite a quiet aircraft. Now, I don't think the firmware's had anything to do with that. I imagine it was always under the i think it says 83 decibels already so that's obviously a, a tick there which is good um some of the um sort of special flight modes will actually be deactivated then uh, as well so um we're looking at um active track will actually be uh disabled and uh, other active track intelligent flight modes will actually be limited to uh, uh, a 50 meter um radius as well so actually yeah i think i might have just slightly read that wrong so actually it won't yeah. be disabled it'll only be disabled if you fly further than 50 meters away from yourself so that kind of makes sense so keeping the aircraft much uh, much closer is obviously much safer uh, i suppose really as well um the uh, the auxiliary uh, auxiliary leds will also be uh, turned off or on automatically during use depending on the environment which is interesting as well i'm not really sure what that means uh, but 
I wonder whether that's to do with the requirement for the the green light um, at night. Ah, That might be one of the things. um, Slightly different in the UK. Again, we'll cover the differences of this. That that requirement for a green light to fly at night is now gone. Uh, That went when we, as soon as we left the EU, effectively, we we didn't adopt that that tiny bit of regulation. Um, That's right. But that's still, as far as I'm aware, still applicable um, within all the EASA states. Yeah. Exactly right, yeah. And the last thing that it seems to do as well is going to blink the front LED lights as well. So I think by default, they're normally just on uh, or you can switch them off, I think, depending on whether you want them to affect the camera when you're taking photographs. I think that's an option or it was definitely an option. Now, that'll just be a default thing. You can't touch and they'll be flashing uh, a certain colour as soon as the aircraft is powered on. So very subtle differences, I think, really. Uh, Obviously enough to make the aircraft safe enough to be... Uh, in the, uh, the the A1 category. So, yeah, you know, it's, it is it is strange because to me it still feels... I've seen them on flight tests. They're quite a chunky aircraft, really, and I feel like it's... Yeah, it, it really sh- doesn't feel like it should fit in that category, but, yeah, apparently it will do. So we'll, we'll see, obviously, if that makes a difference to the UK or whatever. But uh, what do you think, Adam? Do you think we're going to follow suit or or do you think, uh, I think we're going to we do something we- differently? I think we will because, well, our regulations are pretty much the same, especially for the the certification side of things. There's not a lot, as far as I'm aware, that's changed. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if we do adopt it. But as you've kind of alluded to that, I mean, I'm a bit worried that actually, yeah, something that quite heavy can Mm. be used with very little training. I mean, say in the UK, all you've got to do is do a 40-question tick test it's not invigilated yeah. you you can take it as many times as you want and yeah. that's it and you only have to do that every five years like there's yeah. no there's no flight test there's no self-certification mm. like you have to do with the a2c of c um no. i mean i know i suppose we may be slightly biased from a commercial point of view you know that, that yeah, you know i suppose there's, mm. there is a slight bias there but from a safety point of view mm. like this is like you saying oh well you can just go and drive your car drive a car I, I see this you know going to drive a car with your l plates on without an instructor you know it's like mm. well you, you 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 just go and crack on crack on you, you've done without any yeah yeah with 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 nothing at all like with here's nothing. your car <laughs> you know what what's that yeah. part the engine what's that part the ignition okay well done off you go <laughs> you've got the base or even you know a scooter you know, it's not even like getting yeah. your um Oh, what's the what's the license for CBT? A CBT, that's yeah. all. So it's yeah, not even yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, at least with the CBT, you have to do that with an instructor. Yes, you know, it's very minimal. Kind of, uh, it's not yeah. an official license, but at least it's kind of like it's a halfway done. house. Whereas yeah. this one's just like again, it's just like, well, there you go. What's that? It's a drone, right? Yeah. Crack what's on. What's the limit? What's how high can you fly it? <laughs> yeah, off you go. Like, I don't. It, it does. It does feel odd, doesn't it? And I think the main reason for us, I think is because i would say the mavic 3 especially if you get sort of the cine or even just the normal one i would say you could do 80 percent of drone jobs with with that drone and so it kind of means well okay well what will the a2 really the a2 cfc give you you know will you have to then buy an inspire or it kind of just feels very much like the bottom end is open and there's only a couple of drones in the top end that you actually need to be qualified to fly otherwise it becomes a very, is... very big jump, doesn't it? I mean, you've, let's say yeah. you've got the... Um, so the A2 covers you from any C2 drones are 900 grams to 2 kilos. So, yeah, anything mm. like an Inspire, maybe the... Uh, I don't know, actually. What's the M3? 
30 these days. Uh, that could start. Um, I bet that's lighter than we think, actually, isn't it? Yeah. I bet it'll be more than two kilos, though, I would say, but... Yeah, yeah, so I mean, obviously, then then you've got about four kilos, and then obviously you're into the specific category. Spe- yeah. spe- can't even say it. spaghetti category. <laughs> specific yeah. category um, mm. with your GBC and your operational authorization. It just yeah. yeah, I think ninety to ninety five percent of most users will be able to fly these drones with little to no training at mm. all, um, other than the free training that's given with the CA, which is. Yeah okay um yeah but especially it's not mandatory to do no no that's true yeah that's that's interesting isn't it and also uh the last kind of sentence here that we're going to be looking at is is basically alluding to that they're not going to say they they won't be retro certifying other aircraft in the in the sort of the lineup as well so you know we could see a firmware update for everything that can currently is being sold and obviously then in the future they'll obviously all, all be certified as well uh, as they come out but it, it kind of shows that you know that, that there's no safety distance is there from people it just says don't overfly a large group if you do by accident minimize that and that's it and that's that's you know almost i'd say a, a step backwards it feels to me yeah. it feels uh, this, odd this... unless these drones are all super super safe now and but the, you know, there's going to be an break. element of trust on the operator um oh, whereas sure, before yeah. there's always been that distance it's like okay well we've got a safety buff you know don't go mm. closer than the a2c yeah it's 50 meters but you know yeah. i think with the you know a c2 drone it's 30 meters which i think is you know much more respectable and actually you've got the five meters and low speed mode that makes sense yeah. that yeah, makes does, sense from a safety yeah. point of view mm. whereas a c1 drone that's you know just shy of 900 grams for the mavic 3 particularly <laughs> Mm. there's no reg it's just no overflight no overflight of uninvolved people well yeah i could be one meter away from you at 400 feet yeah. and i technically am legal yeah. but if that aircraft comes down that's going to kill you yeah exactly um, and you could even then say actually oh i didn't see that person and you know <laughs> that's literally it really isn't it you know it's uh... Yeah, it, 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 it seems to me that that 900 grams is, is too much. It feels like that should be more like 400 or something. And then it kind of all then fits in with all the different types of aircraft. And, yeah. But you or, know, if they they're, they're the, or if they put the one-to-one rule in, you know, if they put that one-to-one rule yeah, in place true. for, you know, mm. if, if there was a staggered approach, you know, all the way from, okay, well, if it's 200, 250 grams, right, no separation or no yeah. minimum separation. Yeah, you know, and then as we, you can progress up so it gets at, at different stages, there does seem to be a, yeah. a huge gap between yeah you know nothing to 30 meters or 50 meters with quite chunky aircraft yeah that's it yeah it's it's, it's funny isn't it yeah it is it is a strange one and i think a long time ago when we found out that there was going to be the you know the under 250 gram type thing we thought wow that's that's quite bold even that little aircraft is relatively dangerous and now we're talking about aircraft that are up to 900 grams it's yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see what happens. You know, things might change. Maybe all these aircraft, like the Mavic 3, they are all, almost as reliable as possible. But, you know, I still think that, you know, a, a propeller not fitted properly or some damage in the air is going to cause some problems, isn't it? But, uh, yeah. hey, I guess I guess, I guess we'll see what happens. And uh, But that's currently the state of it. And, yeah, whether we adopt that or not is something that we'll probably talk about in the future. But I would say it's fairly likely because it feels like all the legwork has been done 
all we need to do now is just sort of copy that and now we can do it too and that's that's normally how it works isn't it i think so yeah absolutely um, that's it um yeah, so we've covered yet yeah, the fact that it wasn't going to be a C2 aircraft, so yet yeah, we're going to be in the C1 category, so we're all good there, I think, Adam, aren't we? Yeah, so um, so this is the thing that we kind of jumped ahead a little bit earlier. So obviously we kind oh, of yeah. covered that C1 drones are under 900 grams maximum takeoff mass, and this is what's really, really, mm. I think, cheeky, I think, of DJI <laughs> to do this and kind of push this through. Um, so uh, the maximum takeoff mass... Um, must be defined as less than 900 grams for EU models. Um, and the maximum takeoff mass is set by the manufacturer. So, yeah. you know, the flying weight or the weight of the DJI Mavic 3 is, I think, nine, uh, sorry, 893 grams, I think. Mm. Don't quote me 100%, but it's circa that. It's, it's about 890 grams. So, you know, we're 10 grams short of this 900 <laughs> grams maximum takeoff mass. So, DJI basically saying, oh, our aircraft only has a 10 gram buffer um for mm. what it can the i put in quotations theoretically handle um yeah. and you're like come on that <laughs> aircraft has um i would say a maximum takeoff mass probably more a kilo i'd you know yeah. we've seen people put on you know mavic 2s you know the um 360 cameras and whatnot in the past you know, yeah we've seen them laden yeah, yeah. things up and they fly absolutely fine DJI have said, nope, it's 900 grams, maximum takeoff yeah. mass. Um, so <laughs> it basically means that if you put any unofficial accessories on your Mavic 3, if it is C1 certified, mm. it will no longer be able to be flown as a C1 certified drone. So um, I think that's one thing that people have got to bear in mind, whereas you know, if they want to retrofit it with... Sorry, not retrofit. Yeah. That's probably the wrong word. If they want to fit it out with yeah, other things, yeah. like a, a, you know, an underhanging 360 camera, or they want to put on unofficial propeller guards, you know, things that um, mm. will take it over that mass, or anything unofficial, effectively, will render yeah. it not C1 certified, and it will be have to be used as a um, uh, well, a non-C1 drone, a legacy drone. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's it. I think. Yeah, from I guess. DJI don't care, do they really? Because it's no skin off their nose. All they need to do is put down that number and potentially they'll sell a hell of a lot more. They know it can lift more weight, but they're not. They're washing their hands of it, aren't they? They're saying, well, it's safe up to 900 grams. Whatever you do to that is up to you. But, you know, so it's kind of erring on the side of caution for, for them, I think, too. And maybe there is a bit of a, you know, a misunderstanding between maximum takeoff mass and flying weight and actually it's easier just to forget about the you know maximum takeoff mass and just keep it as flying weight because we always used to use flying weight didn't we right right at the beginning and that's how it's always been this maximum takeoff mass seems to have reared its head and then now disappeared again slightly it's a bit of a weird yeah. one really i mean i suppose it? But... it makes more sense if the aircraft has other accessories so you know if you were flying i suppose the, yeah. like the inspire 2 you know has different um payloads that you could put onto it mm. um and much bigger aircraft again have different payloads so it kind of makes sense for those to have a maximum takeoff mass because you kind of need yeah. to know how much you can theoretically lay it up but i suppose yeah with the mavic 3 there's nothing really that needs to go on it it's it's an out of the box ready to go aircraft that doesn't need no. anything else um and if you do yeah. put anything else onto it dji going it's not our fault if you put yeah. anything onto it it's not c1 certified yeah that's true and i guess it's a bit like you know i liken it to something with a warranty you know if you buy i don't know a tv 
you've got your warranty for a year. But if you start taking the back off it and trying to add in, you know, certain additions or, you know, you're trying to tweak stuff, then goodbye warranty, isn't it? And it's the yeah. same for this. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that side of it because that makes sense to me. You know, DJI have certified this aircraft for exactly this specification. If you mess with it, they're not certifying it anymore and you're on your own. And I think, yeah, that's fair enough, really. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see, I suppose. So um, just before we move on to the next subject then, so kind of at the moment, what's stopping the UK having this firmware update as well, Adam? Is there anything that we kind of are still yet to do? So it's pretty much what we have we have covered in the past and we won't labour it too much, but it's this approval body. Um, so that's what that's has right. been set up within the uh, within the EU. We, we did announce you know, the first one that had been announced, um, I think it was in Spain. That was obviously quite a few episodes ago. This one, mm. um, Tuva Rhineland, um, I'm assuming it's kind of German-Dutch company. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that kind of area. Um, but um, yeah, interestingly... Although we don't have an approval body in the UK yet, there is a two Rhineland um, in the UK. So they, they, it is a group, um, and they have mm. a UK office. So uh, maybe okay. they'll apply for UK approval potentially. You mm. know, they could almost copy and paste the the application and put that forward. Um, Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Which yeah. so I think that's probably going to happen, especially if DJI are using that company to get their aircraft certified. Why not use the UK? company yeah. to do the uk models yeah that's true yeah and if it's at the moment just a firmware update it doesn't really seem like there's a huge amount for them to be doing what do they do just tick a box to go yep yeah, we accept that they are now certified so dji can go great let's push the firmware out i don't know it just seems like quite an easy situation at the moment i guess but i mean that's assuming that the caa or the well, it might, i don't know if it's the, it'll be probably the department for transport uh, rather true, than caa yeah. um whether they will approve the you know this retro certification through the mm. use of firmware it's likely they will because the eu have done it and it makes no sense yeah. for us not to um I see. but yeah. you know it is there that says it can't be done through firmware so the dft mm. could turn around hardline and go nope nope we yeah. are not having a c1 mavic 3 unless or, or maybe it could be a well new models are but we're not going to retro true. certify yeah that's current true. models yeah i know it'll be Again, as we always say, this is almost sort of the, the theme of most of the episodes on this podcast is uh, there is a slight grey area at the moment, which hopefully will will sort itself out at some point, I suppose, is yeah. how we'll put that. I but, mean, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think it's going in the right direction, though, isn't it, I suppose? It's definitely in the right direction. Just one last thing just before we move on. Um, can the EU models be used in the UK? A bit of a grey mm. area, I think, at the moment. I know mm. as far as we're aware, um, but because they're pretty much the same, you know, by and large, mm. the C1 requirements are exactly the same in the EU as they are in the UK. They might turn around and go, okay, well, maybe maybe they'll even have a transition period for EU models for two, yeah. two years, five mm. years. I don't know. They might they may do mm. a transition period because we do have that a bit at the moment. I don't know how long it's on for. So the CE marking, that um, um, European conformity... Uh, uh, European, I can't remember the exact French no, terminology, <laughs> um, but effectively that's now in the UK. We now have the UKCA marking, the the conformity right. assessment, um, yeah. and that's that's when we talk about a UK marking. That is the UK marking. It's a UKCA marking. That's right for um, any electrical equipment, isn't it? As any well? electrical equipment. Mm. So there's a transition period for CE marking 
for stuff that's already on the market. I don't know when that happens. Nah. We may have covered that actually in, the, in another episode, but I, yeah, I do remember. Top of my head. Yeah, briefly talking about something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, if you buy an EU an EU model and it's only got the CE marking and not the UK CA marking, mm. it might be that by default you can't use that in the UK under uh, the sort of yeah, the C1, C2 framework. Yes. I see that makes sense. Yeah, okay, cool. So, yeah, lots to sort of carry on uh, waiting for, <laughs> I suppose, really. Um, nice, okay. So I think uh, we've talked about that uh, in great detail. So hopefully that's a, uh, uh, either much clearer or even more complicated. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> it's, either, it's either cleared the waters or it's clear as mud. Yeah, exactly right. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to something sort of in the same subject, really, isn't it? It's all to do with uh, the consultation to do with extending legacy drones. So uh, at the moment, there's not a huge amount of update information, I suppose, Adam, but there is one uh, cap document that's uh, been released by the CAA and that was back in June. So what did what did that kind of entail or explain? Yeah, so we won't labour the point too much because we have already talked about this, but I think it's worth as it tags on to the end of this because obviously if mm. we uh, don't have a C1 or C2 aircraft in the UK, the whole kind of legacy transition is a big thing for the UK market as a safety yeah. net. So it's like, okay, well, what can we do with our current drones? Um, so yeah, there was a big consultation earlier in the year. It was April time where they asked UK operators, what do you think we should do? And mm. the majority of people went, extend the legacy transitions indefinitely because there yeah. will be an organic phase out of people retiring their aircraft over yeah, a yeah. period of time. So the CA published this cap 2367, which basically said that. They says, we've listened to you. Um, we are going to advise the DFT to extend the legacy transition period indefinitely. Now, obviously, mm. the CAA can't change legislation. They can only advise the DFT. So that's what they've done. They've advised, but we've had nothing through no. uh, we've seen nothing from the dft um so we're still kind of waiting on that obviously yeah the time is ticking now we're mid september coming up to um yeah. yeah there's only a couple of months left until the transition period ends for um legacy drones so mm -hmm. hopefully within the next couple of months we will get a new piece of legislation <laughs> that says we're going to extend it or they'll go no we're not and we'll just have to deal with the consequences yeah yeah <laughs> it almost feels like that consultation is a good way to bide some time for everything else that we've just talked about doesn't it really i think so in my head it it will get passed and this is literally just me saying this because then there's no kind of cut off for all this other stuff to kind of be implemented so if that was me i'd be like yeah great now we've got loads of time to sort this out so yeah we'll see what happens but uh yeah, yeah. Just i guess we'll find to... out in a couple of yeah. months <laughs> just something to be aware of keep it you know obviously subscribe to the channel we'll keep um, keep you updated as and when we hear anything and it's likely that you know something that big that big a news we may mm. even do you know a quick we, you know obviously with this c1 marking on because it's it was breaking news but we kind of held off on it i think if that happened we'll more than likely do a very quick announcement and let people know yeah. straight away because people yeah. are literally holding out for for this news that's it, especially in the UK, isn't it? If there's anything UK specific, obviously, then hopefully we'll we'll yeah put out an episode. Lovely. Okay then. So uh, the final part then of this episode uh, this week is uh, basically just to uh, again uh, either make people aware or kind of uh, make it slightly more simplified with regards to uh, this whole NQE 
or GVC qualification. So at the moment, uh, there's a bit of an overlap. So obviously a long time ago, you used to get an NQE uh, certificate uh, from your uh, provider uh, once you'd taken your uh, exams, etc., your flight tests. So that would enable you to get a, a PFCO, which is what used to happen. Uh, obviously then things changed uh, in uh, 2021, Adam, is that right? Am I gonna get that correct? Uh, yeah, for the very beginning of 2021. That's right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And everything then changed over to uh, an OA, an operational authorization. And again, the CIA gave us sort of a, a grace period. They said, obviously, you can use the new GVC qualification to get an OA as of now, but you can also carry on renewing with your NQE recommendation uh, for X amount of time. So that's kind of where we're in at the moment. And we are slowly getting towards that date, which means actually you can't carry on renewing with your NQE certificate. And that is actually the end of 2023. So there's still, you know, a year and a bit at the moment, but I think it's good to kind of start getting your head around what you'll need to do uh, to get ready for this this sort of changeover again. So uh, what what are we saying at the moment, Adam? We, we, we were discussing this, weren't we? We were thinking whether, you know, let's say you've got an NQE recommendation, you've just renewed today, you've got another year's worth. So that would mean September next year, 23, um, you could probably renew again with that NQE, but then that would be it, wouldn't it, after that? But we were thinking, does that give you a year's worth then into 2024, or does the two or three month cutoff date come into effect regardless of how long your OA lasts for. Now, is that really confusing or not? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I'm under the interpretation from the wording that anybody who holds an NQE recommendation after the 1st of January 2024 will not be able to operate under an operational authorization, regardless of whether your operational authorization expires into 2024. So, right. so as a, let's say, for example, I'm a, um, so our company, so mm. UAV Hub, let's say we hold, um, you know, we've got an operational authorization and we've got three pilots, okay? Two of our pilots have got GVCs. They're great. They're fine. However, come the 1st of January 2024, our third pilot who still has an NQE recommendation certificate and hasn't converted to a GVC will no longer be able to fly under the company's operational authorization. Okay? So the other two pilots will because they've got a GVC, but the guy or, or, or girl with an NQE recommendation certificate won't be able to until they've got this GVC. That's my interpretation of what it is now what tom's said the other thing is i don't think this is right as well until the last operational authorization expires so if you owe a last until 2020 uh, september 2024 the nq recommendation holder will still be able to until that i don't think that's true i think it's the cutoff is the first of january anybody holding that nq recommendation certificate won't be able to fly under any operational authorization right, this is kind of yeah. a, i think it's a hard cut off yeah so, and, and we'll get into kind of why you've said that because we've got a paragraph here haven't we that you can read out which is quite good um so i think the main thing for people is to remember that your oa and your gvc forward slash nqe they're almost two separate entities aren't they really you get an oa because you've proved to the cia that you've either got the gvc or the nqe certificate if that nqe certificate is no longer valid are you now able to use your OA? Because technically, 
you haven't proved that you're able to fly within that i suppose is is a weird roundabout way of saying it but maybe that paragraph adam might um kind of add a bit more meat to the the bone maybe potentially. yeah so this is perhaps a little bit cheeky there's there's um there's a new document that's that's currently in a draft proposal but this it's pretty much what's in the cap 722 actually it's very very similar um mm. this is a new um acceptable means of compliance that will will come out um and there's a paragraph which i think summarize everything so nqe mm. full recommendations which is the rec- nqe recommendation certificate are a provision uh, are a previous version of the gbc course and although no longer issued some remote pilots may still hold these qualifications these qualifications have been superseded by the gbc and as such the ca will no longer recognize them after the 1st of January 2024. Until this date, the CA will recognise their use for operations under an existing OA. Any UAS operator applying for a new OA will need to select an alternative pilot competence qualification, such as the GVC. So the key Mm. word there in that paragraph is... um, as such, the CA will no longer recognise them after the 1st of January 2024. So the certificate is not recognised regardless... So you can't fly under an operational authorization after the 1st of January 2024. So yeah, it's a bit of a public service announcement. You know, if you have not done a GVC course and you operate under an operational authorization, effectively, you've got about 13 months now to convert to uh, perhaps a bit longer than 13 months, maybe about 15 to 16 months actually to convert to a gvc if you still need to operate under an operational authorization so um take a look now you know if if you don't know what certificate you've got have a look (laughs) because it will say whether it's an enquiry recommendation certificate or it's a general visual line certificate i'm sure you will know which which one you've done um if you hold an NQE recommendation certificate, there are GVC conversion courses on the market. We do one yeah. at UAV Hub, and it's fairly straightforward, actually. Uh, and I'd say, you know, start to put this in your diary now. So if you have an NQE recommendation certificate and you want to convert to the GVC, you may be exempt from doing a new flight test. Okay. Mm. Um, all you'll need to do is to make sure that you've flown a minimum of eight hours in the last 12 months. So if you've not done eight hours today... You've got 12 months now. In the next 12 months, get eight hours logged. You'll need to log a minimum of um, two hours in the previous three months prior to taking the theory examination mm-hmm. um, with UAV Hub. So key thing is, you know, make sure you've always got that minimum flying log of, uh, of two hours every roll in three months. That will total up to eight hours if you keep that. That's true, yeah. So... Yeah. Do that now. If you haven't done it, start it now because all you'll have to do then is do a new theory examination and um, you'll get a, an operations manual update if it is required. So it's mm. fairly straightforward. If you don't meet the re- meet the requirements of those uh, minimum logged hours, you'll have to take a new theory test. If you let your operational authorization lapse within the next 12 months so you don't renew it and you've still only got an NQ recommendation certificate, you'll have to do a full GVC course. So you'll have to do the full theory and practical examination. So that's right. Yeah. Get get them in your diary. The CA won't always remind you of when your operational authorization lapsed. Have a look at your certificate now. Get it out now. Go. It's probably digitally. Open mm. that email up. <laughs> put it in your diary three months before it expires because you can renew three months before the expiry date yeah 
Yeah, you can. And just to double check so people understand, if you haven't got your competency, so you haven't done your two hours or you haven't done your eight hours, uh, Adam, you did say they will have to do a theory test. It's They'll have to do a flight test, won't they? That's the extra add-on that they'll have to do if they haven't yes. got their competency. So effectively, a full GVC full course, GVC. I suppose. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so it is worth getting out there and flying. And actually, the conversion then is actually really straightforward, really, isn't it? Which is good. So, yeah, I think at the moment it does feel like people with NQE certificates are kind of on this little wobbly raft and they've got to make sure that they do everything perfectly. Otherwise, you know, if they don't renew or there's a lapse, then obviously they'll have to do the full course. Or if they haven't done their hours, then they'll have to do the full course. So uh, it's best to make some reminders or put some reminders in your phone just to make sure that you don't let anything lapse or you fly enough so the conversion should be pretty quick and straightforward really shouldn't it really so yeah that's, that's it, it. but yeah it's the, you, the yeah the end of next year isn't it is when you want to get worried <laughs> yeah and if you're a pilot under you know a larger organization such as you know a police or fire service or even you know, a, a private company and you don't know find out because you mm. could be affected if you haven't converted to a gbc in you know the next 12 to 16 months if you've not done it by then you will be affected and you could be potentially flying illegally if mm. you've not converted before the 1st of january 2024 yeah exactly right yeah so hopefully that makes a bit more sense and i know now especially with that paragraph that you read out adam i think i'm on the the same boat as you now i think that does make sense the way they've worded it yeah means that you're no longer compliant even though your oa is still carrying on you might not be compliant to fly within that oa so yeah, I think that's why they've worded it in that way. And it makes it more sense, doesn't it? Otherwise, there'd be a lot of people having to change at different times, and that would just be confusing, wouldn't it, yeah. I think? So the whole hard line, hard date, January 1st, 2024, is, yeah, I think is what they'll go with and what we'll go with as well, <laughs> too. Um, so... Uh, there we go. So hopefully that was a, a, a useful episode for everyone. I think we've covered everything, haven't we, Adam, there? Yeah, I think we've covered quite a quite a few topics. And um, hmm. again, if there's anything you want us to discuss, if there's anything, any hot topics you want me and Tom to have a chat about or clarify, drop us a line, you know, hit up Dronecast at you Dronecast at UAVhub.com. Um, mm -hmm. Drop us an email in there. Um, if we don't get a chance to answer it, we'll try and get back to you via email. Mm, as quickly yeah. as we can um but you know if we get certain topics and we're like oh yeah that's really worth us discussing we, we will we will definitely do that yeah yeah for sure exactly right yeah so uh last final bits and pieces then before we say uh goodbye i suppose so uh, remember so, to subscribe if you haven't already uh, again i'm sure a lot of you have done but it means the podcast will appear nice and early uh, on a wednesday morning for uh, yourselves if you have done uh, obviously again you can uh, subscribe on any podcast related channel really apple spotify google etc etc uh, and again tell a friend if you've got a friend who's qualified too uh, and they're on an nqe certificate or you know they're looking to buy a mavic 3 or they're you know just a bit unsure about bits and pieces and hopefully this sub uh, this subject and this episode will uh, help them out um, as well so uh, again i think that's pretty much it isn't it adam so thank you very much i'll probably speak to you and see you in a couple of weeks time see you soon nice and that uh, finally just leaves me to say then uh, fly safe and blue skies everyone and uh, yeah we'll see you in the next one